podcast with Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Pulp MX Pulpcast. It's a Sunday afternoon, December 14th. I should probably be doing some real work today, but instead I thought uh, it would be cool to uh, go down memory lane a little bit um, and uh, talk about some things in my childhood. We've done a couple of these before with a, my buddy Mark, and people seem to like them. And, and I got to texting with this guy here and uh, on the line with me, and we were laughing uh, about some of the things that we've done and said. And I thought, hmm, you know what? I should do a podcast with him. This is a, it's a guy that's perhaps my closest childhood friend growing up. Uh, we had the love of dirt bikes and racing in uh, – in common, and uh, and now he is a insurance guru mogul in up in Winnipeg, and uh, still uh, still keep in touch with him. Uh, my buddy Curtis Wyatt, Kurt, what's up? Hey Steve. Uh, well, not much here in Winnipeg, other than about a foot of snow and and ice. So how's the ins- about how's the insurance business going? Yeah, how's the insurance business going? Uh, the insurance business is going great. We're uh, we're just uh, you know getting ready for Christmas, so going out and seeing people. It's a uh, it's a great time of the year where we don't sell as much as we visit, so that's that's cool. Um, and you still so you don't ride anymore. Neither do I. You have you have, you still have your '06 YZ450 I sold you? No, I got rid. Oh, of you it actually sold I hit, it. Okay. I hit forty, and I had a midlife crisis, and I bought a Harley. So <laughs> instead of a Yamaha sitting in the garage, now a Harley sits in the garage with hockey equipment hanging on it. It's a it's the hockey. The most expensive hockey tree you could possibly own. <laughs> hey, one of the last times you rode, I was there when I came up to Manitoba <laughs> three, four years ago, and we went riding. And you to hit, Miami, yeah. You hit your head again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and broke my collarbone and split my sternum and broke my wrist all in one crash. That was, yeah, you, that was a good time. Was you, a good time. Uh, you really started hitting your head a lot near the end there. It's probably a good idea you don't ride anymore. You know what? It's it's probably a good idea. I, I have a hard time finding my keys now, so maybe that's. I can still find my underwear, so right. not being able to find my keys that's good enough. So, um, good times, no doubt. Uh, I just thought we'd reminisce, go down memory lane a little bit with some of these stories because uh, some of them are really funny, and and maybe people think, we think they are. We think they are, anyways. Our, our wives probably don't, but we do. Um, uh, first time I met you was grade seven or eight. You had an 86 CR80, and yeah. I don't think you raced then, but you, I saw that you had a dirt bike poster in your locker or something, and I'm like, hey, because no one else knew anything about dirt bikes. Like, No, not at Valley Gardens. No, no, gr- not growing up in Winnipeg. And uh, by that point, I was you know, a little mini factory rider because my dad, Tom, you know, going all, all told out. Told you you were. Yeah, yeah he told me we were. So I remember like we, were, we made a plan to meet up at this local track, where we practiced, and you came in with your 86 CR80. I think I was riding the Cowies by then. And you brought our mutual buddy, Corey, who, unbeknownst to me, I'd never seen a kid uh, riding a dirt bike in a snowmobile suit and a snowmobile helmet in June. Yeah, well, because he didn't have the gear, but he knew <laughs> those boots closely resembled those boots of, you know, MX boots. So uh, that was his getup. Yeah, and he was safe in that. So and and me being like the factory, you know, <laughs> super. I, I got all matching whatever gear, and I'm like, what? Who are these dudes? So, yeah. but Corey was fast. That full. Oh face, yeah, silver silver full faced helmet was. That was with fast. The, with he the night lid down, yeah. you weren't getting by him. No, he no. That track. He he was good on. He had a K, KX80, an older KX80. Yeah. He was good. Um, Chris he, Enns, the Chris Enns track. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, yeah. And then we became with a, a depth defying double that was about ten feet. <laughs> probably looking back on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so then you started. I think we got you into racing. Uh, my family got your you and your yeah. dad Reg into racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I think it was. Uh, you know, they, my parents were totally against it, and then, uh, you know, knowing that your folks uh, were around, they talked to them, and yeah. yeah, and then went showed up at the Winnipeg track, the death-defying Winnipeg track, and uh, I think uh, in in my first race in B class, I got top ten or something. So right. I knew I had a, a, a big chance of going all the way. 
So I, I really, so really, the Matheses are responsible for your racing career. And all the pain I feel every morning when I get up. <laughs> Thank you. I know, right? Yeah, um, my wife thanks you for having to put on my socks. So. I know. The, uh, the fast friendship was born, you and I. And, and so basically all through school, I mean, we would ride together. We rode after school every day. You got your driver's license first. So yes. you, were, you were driving the uh, three-rail trailer. Band. Yeah, your yeah, you, van that your dad bought and fixed up and because uh, you kept failing your driver's test. So did you tell people how you, you were a great driver when you were younger? Wow. Okay, wait did a minute. No, wait a minute. I failed one time. Because I saw the other light tur- The whole problem why I failed was because I was driving without a license for a long time. <laughs> and you failed like three times. No, twice. I failed twice. Oh, twi- twice. One, one time. You got on the third try. Yeah, I got on the third try. The one time <laughs> I saw the other light turning yellow, so I let off my brake, you know? Mm-hmm. To, and, and that was an automatic fail. Like, you cannot, you have to wait until the light turns green before you take your foot off the brake. And the other time I failed was because it was a, uh, there were parked cars and you, I didn't know this, and you probably don't either, but you're supposed to pull in. If there's a car coming the other way, you're supposed to pull in behind the parked cars and let the other car pass, even though there's enough room to drive three tractor trailers through. Well, when you're driving a big, white, full-size, like, 82 mm-hmm. Chevy, then, yeah. <laughs> 78. My fir- that first thing was a 78. It was a 78, yes. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, can't, I failed my – I was driving my van to the driver's ed appointments. and On parking. Yeah, and parking like a block away and then walking up, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are good times. And then your U-joint would always blow to that thing for some reason. Yeah. We'd barely make it to the race laying did, underneath fixing that thing. That did thing. you ever Do you ever see the video on YouTube of, of me at the Saskatoon race beating Blair Morgan? I put it up on our YouTube channel. Oh, goodness. Have you ever seen that? What was it? Did Morgan have the flu? No. No. no you you got to see the size of me on this 80. Why? <laughs> Well, you broke foot pegs off. Did you have you reported about that? How your dad had yeah. to pull them back off? Uh, okay, well, foot pe- and then I blew the shock. Remember, I blew the shock of bladder. Bottom off. the yeah. bladder of the shock. Yeah, yes. I blew the At Winnipeg track because my dad. We were chasing eighty glory. You know, because <laughs> right. Cowie was coming with money if you won that championship. Um, I don't know if they were or not. I did get help from Cowie Canada or whatever. Like whatever, I got that one bike or two bikes half off or something. Yeah. But um, yeah. But you got to see this video. I'll send it to you when we hang up. Um, I'm huge. And Blair's, you know, two years younger than us, three years younger. So um, he's just this little tiny kid. And, and, and I win rather easily. But you you got to see the size of me on this 80. It's amazing. What, what was my dad thinking? I don't know. You know what? And we all were moving up, and <clears throat> you did that extra year. You and Langdale, I think it was uh... – the, the, you know, long locks, you wanted to get them. That was the thing. Yeah. He was a year younger than us, and there was no way you guys wanted to let Langdale walk away with this glory. Well, so. I was riding 125s at the same time, and I remember halfway through 89, we finally pulled the plug. It's like, Dad, it's over. The 80s, the, the dream of the 80s is over. Um, what national were we going to? It was uh, in, in Ontario, where it was a big mud bath, and you were all wrapped up in, in 80s, and uh, it just turned into a disaster. Moto Park. Well, yeah, I won the five hundreds. But oh, okay, so that was yeah, that was after. But what national was it that you were chasing glory on your eighties? I'm trying to remember which one it was. Oh, uh, we went to, well, we went to um, Antler Lake, Alberta, and it got that rained right. out, and then we moved to that sand track. That's right, right, yeah. and um, yeah, I think I got seventh or something. I don't remember. Was, that was good. Yeah, no, it was hard back then. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was basically the Canadian, it was the Canadian Loretta Lynn's is what, you know, kind of how I tell and people. We, we would like to think we were better sand riders than anyone in the U.S. back in the day because of Ross. Well, and, and we, court. yeah, and we had, we had that gnarly sand track growing up. I tried to tell people about Austin and they don't really it believe me, but it was mm-hmm. as gnarly sand as you want to make it. Um, and growing up, we rode in sand all the time. We rode those sand pits, you know, that were 15 minutes from our house. We rode from our house. We would, you'd leave. Remember, we'd we'd be out of class early for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I guess we all had the flu. So then we'd ride from my house and we'd strap two liter bottles of Pepsi. No, uh, I never did that. I never did that. I, I did that. I all never the time. did that. What What did you do? I would take a two liter of empty out the Pepsi and put the gas in, and then bungee cord it to the front number plate. Okay. And ride 
all the way down the floodway, the floodway from my yeah. house to Perron's. Like it was about what five miles, maybe I don't know, ten miles. I don't know. Yeah, and you would you would come out there, and we'd get lost in those gravel pits. But Corey knew where we were all the time. The guy's like, uh, yeah, he was like, he's 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 the guy. He's he owns Garvin still today. <laughs> he probably does, like, right? I, yeah, and he would take us out there in February when it was you know foot of snow and right. everywhere in the province. Yeah, but there'd be some south facing hill and. He'd phone us up and say, okay, it's perfect riding day because it was, you know, maybe only minus five. Yeah, Celsius. Celsius, everybody. Yeah, Celsius, yeah. And uh, we'd go out there, go riding and, and fall. And he um, would rip by us at 100 miles an hour while we were laying in the sand. Hey, another, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, you, so you would drive the van. You would take us riding for the most part because you had your driver's license. And, man, we had we had a lot of fun growing up and racing together and um we were pretty much in the same class, I think, all the time. You, you met, we were in eighties, and then maybe you got out of there early. You, hey, I talk about eighties. For some reason, Honda never put out the eighty-eight CR eighty into Canada. But oh no, that didn't stop you and Reg. No, we went down and bought one from uh, University Motors uh, back in the day. I think actually that was your first gig. Uh, somehow through University Motors was your first wrenching gig. Too, Gary Groff, yeah, the owner. That's, of- that's another story, but. Uh, um, yeah, Gary Groth was our big connection because he was Mr. Fargo Arena Cross, and uh, we scored this blood red. Uh, Dude, it was Honda. like I mean, it was sweet. It was like seeing a, a, a spaceship because no one had one; just you couldn't buy. It. No, because the Hondas were orange kind of back then, and the blue seats and right. This thing had a red seat and hard, you know, oh. dark red plastic, and it was it was it was exactly the same bike as an '87. Well, just with different plastic. Yeah, a little bit of different plastic. But that's <laughs> but that is the bike that you got disqualified from. That was the bike to win on. So <laughs> oh. yeah. And and you know what? Back then it was hard to buy a Honda in uh, an eighty. Was new. it? Like they didn't bring enough of up. Yeah, there was there was hardly enough bikes around. So uh. Uh, my bike blew up like it was whatever, mid mid June and, and the bikes had all been sold. So down we went to University Motors and uh yeah, go figure. I mean, I've met guys still today who bring that bike up here in Winnipeg. Talking, oh, it was yeah, like I never knew you were yeah. you and your dad, Reg. You guys were like factory riders getting the unobtainial. Unobtainial. And we put up in a Dodge Caravan with the wood sides, even <laughs> put it between the two seats, rolled it on, and that was the year that you got disqualified from that Morris Stampede. Morris Stampede. What were you doing? What were you I doing? Was arming it up, just not even listening to Ed, Fast Eddie. The, the ref said, never ride unless you ride super slow. And I took off into the field. The thing ate spark plugs. I was warming it up. And he yelled at me. And I was out. And he disqualified you. I think I cried. I think I actually cried. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm now, now I'm a, a grown man. Yeah. I can admit that. But, yeah. <laughs> Reg, uh, but, Reg was not happy either, I'm sure. No, he was like, you know, Ed's right. You're you're an idiot. So, <laughs> him and Ed were buddies, so there was no right. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing? Ed was waving. I guess he was waving his arms, and I was just ripping. You know, so <laughs> grabbing gears with my elbow going up and down like eighty days. You know, you just you know the more you whipped it, the faster you thought you were going. So yeah, those were those were good times, and then uh, and then we used to go back to Morris all the time. You you actually ended up being the announcer at Morris once. Do you remember that? I you did. I was up from some crash. I was stuff. injured. Hey, and speaking of that, near the end of my racing career, how much did I get hurt? Oh, Jesus, yeah. that dude, was a disaster. Right? It was, yeah. And we'll touch on one of the injuries, but it seemed like yeah, I was hurting. I was ma- I was recovering from something, and I became the announcer. And uh, at this one of those races, and I made up all these and, nicknames. And, and Shane Drew was there racing. Yeah, yeah. And Shane Drew sponsored by Karcher. Now working for Team Two Two uh, Forever, yeah. the Honda chassis guy, our buddy Shane Drew, who will who will will bring up in a little bit. Um, you have a close connection with Shane Drew, probably closer than you wish you had. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I was announcing. I announced that same race years later. Um, years later, yeah. We we always. Uh, we always raced together. Do you remember the one controversy we had as a, uh, as race? We, I mean, obviously we were friends and our families were friends and, and, uh, and all this, but do you remember that one controversy I had where I, I, I accused you of brake checking me, but more than likely I just hit your back tire and fell over. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the family ties were, oh, were, was, were, were oh yeah. School yeah. was, school got weird that week. It got weird at school that whole week, but you were, you were chasing points. 
and I was uh, I yeah. was just after a trophy. So yeah, and I was pretty aggressive back then. So you just you never know. You know I <laughs> you, I so did you break check me or not? Did you break check me or not? No, I, I wouldn't know how to brake check. I would stall my bike before I'd know how to brake check a guy. But, you know, right. there's, there's a chance if I could have ran you off the track, I might have. You know, like really, those trophies, those trophies were, um, that was it. What did you, what did you have for a CR2, did you, what kind of bike did you have in the 250s? Uh, yeah, it was a two, it was a Honda, yeah. Oh. And, then, and then I had a crappy Suzuki, I think it was in 1990. Two I bought from Don Formo, uh, an RM250. That thing was brutal. With the it ugly never, seat covers and go stuff. straight. So, um, uh, but, yeah, I had a Honda and a Suzuki for sure. And, and then a couple uh, Yamahas after that. So. Um, yeah, you rode Suzukis in 92, 93, 94, right? You always had Suzukis mm-hmm. around those years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, was, I think I just held my Hondas for a while. It's kind of funny, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit, how our – our lives sort of changed a little bit and flip flop, and I'll get to that in a bit. But um, hey, one of the stories I tell people, I wrote about it. I know I wrote about it at some point, and I might have mentioned it. Um, you were there, so you can back this up. I, my brother, came up from California to race. There was a double header Edmonton and Calgary Arena Cross, and you and I were just coming out to hang out. We were fourteen, fifteen. I don't even know. Fifteen. I was fifteen and a half because I. I got my driver's license okay. the day before the trip, and your dad figured that I was good enough to drive on the you know inter- Canadian interstate, which right. is a is only a, a two lane road, not a four lane road. And you uh, almost killed us. We all I almost killed us all going down a hill in Alberta, where I thought I had tons of room to get by a big semi, and as we were rounding the corner, there was another one right in front of us. Do you still remember that? And your dad <laughs> yeah. yelling. Put it to the mat. Never <laughs> yeah. mind break. Your dad would never break. No. And it was just like, no. put it to the mat. And when I say turn, turn. Yeah. We just cleared by as the guy was leaning on his horn the whole time. And do you so, remember, somehow we had a gas leak? What ha- we were yeah, all- one of the jerry cans had a hole in it, and your dad didn't realize it. Oh, that was a terrible. And the whole van reeked to gas. So, I think we were all high. That's why we thought we could pass vehicles at 120. So you and I and my dad drive from Winnipeg to Edmonton, which is 16 hours or something. Straight. Always uh, straight with your dad. <laughs> Never stopped. Hey, and, and I tell this story again, and people don't believe me. How many times did he pull up to the drive through window and just order everybody number ones with Cokes? That was yeah, that's it. That's right. You had no choice. No choice. <laughs> it was all about time. Nope. Yeah. You couldn't. Hey, can I get no tomato? Nope. Pull up, and you always you always have to take a leak when you gassed up. Yeah, and if you yeah. have to go again, too bad. And switching drivers while we're going, Did, were while you we're part of that? And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Put it on cruise. Yeah, that was my dad. Everybody making time was very important. We made um, time all the time <laughs> um, until until once when we were coming back from Toronto and he was sleeping, and you and I missed the turn off in Chicago and. <laughs> Instead of go to Madison, Wisconsin, we went to Milwaukee. Oh, I don't remember that. He was not happy. I do not. That. I do not remember that. And we, and we just were quiet about it. And finally, we look and we're like, "Oh, oh, yeah, we're in Milwaukee." And you had that big map that you kept under the seat out. There was no GPS. Then. Yeah, no. And, and you're like, "Look, just be quiet. We'll keep driving." <laughs> and and finally, we got to the same turnoff, and he woke up. It was just by sheer yeah. luck. He woke up, and he looked at his watch. He's like, "What are you guys doing? It took like two hours longer to get here." <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. We were like, ah, no idea. No yeah. idea at all. I don't remember that, I mean, but I totally can believe it. Meanwhile, we toured Milwaukee without him knowing. Right, right. Um, and then so that we're... the same trip where we're dodging deer on the highway in the middle of the night. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, was that the same trip where people were shooting fire... We had friends shooting fireworks at us out the window back at us? Were you there for that? I think it was, yeah, I yeah, think it was no, LHR. No, this was the time your dad decided we need to go to Toronto for the weekend to race uh, <laughs> Moto Park. Right. So we loaded up on a Friday, booked her out there, raced, turned around, drove all the way back. Oh. We were we drove more than we rode. I know, right? He was nuts. Tommy. 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 Um, Slept in so, the van. So we, we drive out to Edmonton, and my brothers came from California, and he'd supposedly been riding all winter and was making another mm-hmm. comeback. Yet another. Um, and we got there, and we raced. Was the first night Edmonton or Calgary? Do you remember? I don't, but... Um, yeah, because Jay rode the first night in Calgary, and it was the second night that you okay. rode. In Edmonton. Yeah. Okay, so my yeah. brother shows up in Calgary, rollerballs there, Jim Hawley, Jeff Hicks, you know, the standard guys, um, probably Shane Drew, 
Mm-hmm. And my brother shows up, and he just sucks, right? And were you there when they got into a big fight, or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then your dad just, he just said, okay, if you're not racing, Steve's racing. And, Grab and, your helmet. And, and I think you'd, you'd maybe done 10 laps on a, a bike other than an 80. No, I had never ridden anything other than an 80. Well, yeah. I think I rode somebody's CR125 for like five laps or something. Yeah, like, and it was a KX, was it a KX250? It was Dave Piscor's KX250. <laughs> we borrowed it. It was an 88. And so the tank was um, uh, basically as wide oh, yeah. as a desk. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, that was an awesome. That, and so, was, that was so funny. So, you, you lined up with all the top guys back when we were kids. I mean, those were dude. Those were our heroes. Do you I mean, remember? You the line. Do you remember the national anthem where he told me to keep my helmet on? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to to not like so nobody could see that I was just a kid, and all the racers had to go out to the starting line, and I had to wear my helmet and goggles on. Who was the American guy who was up there who went on to be? Oh, he went he went arena cross, but then he was like sort of the cutting edge freestyle guy back in the day. Mike Jones? Mike Jones. Yeah. Was he there? Jones was Jones there. there? Yeah, Jones was there. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. I remember what he, he won the uh the jump contest. What did we call those things back then? Radical jump. Radical jump. Yeah. Um I remember and I and then I, I was waiting to, to go to the line for the first heat race and I had to we had to draw clothespins out of the bucket for gate pick, and I drew number one. And Rollerball lined up next to me, and I was just shitting my pants. Oh, my yeah, God. that was awesome. And so, and then, and, so and, his instructor and did it all over again the next night in Edmonton. No, I raced the second night. And and Jay just Jay just sat in the stands. Right, my know. my dad's instructions to you guys were: don't let anybody see you, Jason, because I was racing under his name. Yeah, and the Canadian circuit was so huge back then. <laughs> yeah, right. That no one would have known. Oh. What I I remember I didn't get last in the LCQ. I actually beat some dudes. You did? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You yeah. rode well. You were you were actually you were you were doing well. Like we were all pretty shocked by it. Right. I think the first couple of laps were pretty sketchy. I, I remember I almost looped out. Yes. Right yeah. right yeah. away I almost looped out. And then um And this is an arena cross. So this is where <laughs> I mean, big bike, little guy, tons of power, tons of traction and what was somehow that? you navigated your way around? It was it was, it was impressive actually. Mm-hmm. I know people don't realize that you know how much you rode, but it was it was crazy. Like that was that was good. People uh, like just think of that now. You're 15. You'd never really ridden a big bike, and now you're racing 250 Pro in arena yeah. cross. <laughs> yeah, against some guys that were. I mean, they were good. Those guys were awesome, and uh, and and there was a crowd back then. Those arena crosses used to draw a, a really big crowd. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that was oh. that was a fun trip, and then and then we slept in your aunt's basement in sleeping bags that were soaked in gas. Oh, so that was also a very, oh, but on the way out, uh, there was a shortage of beds in the room, and your brother's girlfriend was with us. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I ended up having to sleep in the same bed as your brother's girlfriend. And, and we were fifteen, uh, and she was whatever twenty. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, she may as well. Yeah, she seemed like she was really old. Right, so right. I remember just being fearful of being in the bed with some other lady, <laughs> some... your brother's girlfriend. Oh, good times, Darcy. I think her name was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I would really love to know what my dad was thinking about, though. Like, I really. <laughs> and like... that was quite all right with your dad. Oh, oh yeah, Kurt, you sleep with Jay's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Steve will sleep here. Right. And, 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 oh, Steve, you're racing instead of your brother. You know, oh, yeah, okay. All right, Dad. <laughs> okay. Like, what, yeah. what the hell's going on with this? <laughs> um, oh, those are good trips. Uh, another time that uh, I laugh about, that we laugh about, is, uh, I mean, we used to do, God, we, there was Fargo Arena Cross, what, two a year? And then Crookston, mm-hmm. Sioux Falls. We did all those races. Every um, winter, yeah, and your dad would book her down there across the ice. Remember that time the highway was just covered in ice, and then your brother was behind us with Beaudry in the in the faucet van, and no, but and I hit the ditch, and I oh, remember yeah. we put our helmets on. And he started calling us seatbelt sallies. Yes, right. <laughs> we were looking for our seatbelts, and he was he thought that was so wimpy. That was good. Yeah, yeah, that's my dad. Uh, we were busting through snowdrifts, and he, and we're, and we're, we're, there's no seatbelts in this red van that eventually I owned, and it got burnt down. Um, and then we were putting our helmets on to prepare for this crash, and he was laughing at us. And the smoke was so thick in those arenas. Oh, Holy. dude. Like, I don't know how they got away with that. 
there, there has to be some type of health hazard for that kind of stuff. Do you, do you remember a few things from those Fargo Arena classes? The quad going through the wall. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. That right was in, the same weekend Donnie Schmidt was there. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they had that switchback in the back. They yeah. kind of built the track differently. Yeah. And, uh, and that guy grabbed a handful of throttle, and we were standing on the other side yes. looking at helmet helmets painted by... Uh, by Patterson's buddy. Um, oh yeah, the Minnesota guy, right? Oh, it's gonna come to me. That's terrible. Anyhow, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the equipment got destroyed by the squad. <laughs> and yeah, right. Schmidt was there, and he obviously he worked everybody. He uh, on a oh, Honda. Yeah, he, he was, was number so number nine on a Honda, riding a privateer Honda that year. So, yeah. Um, do you remember also uh, our families and your family? Bob, Bob, Bob's a painter, helmet painter. Bob Utney. Um, there was, our families were together and probably some other people that we brought down and we ordered a hundred tacos. Well, cause in Canada we didn't have Taco Bell. I know. And we got there and, <laughs> and there were 25 cents a taco. So Did, we just went insane. Like everybody started eating tacos till the van, the dash of the van was just full of these taco boxes <laughs> and we just kept going back over and over again. I remember me like three trips. I remember my dad warming them up via the uh, dashboard, you know, in the morning. In the morning, yeah. Here you guys go. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it, it was. It's it's hilarious now. You think about, you know, going to the states was such a huge deal. Oh, that, right. As a Canadian, if you were racing in the U.S., that was a big deal. And yet we lived, you know, forty-five minutes from the border. But uh, everything was so different back then. I mean, today in Canada, like we really have all the same mm-hmm. services you guys have. Oh, Target down south. Seeing Target was like just amazing. Just oh, <laughs> Target, yeah, Target. <laughs> you know, all the restaurants. Yeah, I think even Burger King back then wasn't even in Canada. Oh, and um, all those things was just God, you know for us as kids that was just a big deal to to have our bikes and be down south was was crazy. But. Uh, yeah, and your dad was always gung ho to find these events. I don't know how he oh, them up. But Crookston, Sioux Falls, Grand Forks. They bought, and, they bought. They'd buy this rum. Remember, our dads buy the hundred. <laughs> what's it called? A hundred proof rum or something? You guys have in the states? We don't even have that. In I don't even know. But and and then your brother got all hammered once and just went around flicking everybody's. We had those stands. I don't yeah, know you guys, the we, step no stands. Those now. No step stand because uh, they were made in Canada. Yeah. By, uh, a guy here in Manitoba, and, and Jay would just flip him with his foot. And he just, thought it was funny. Yeah, and him and my dad just got wasted. Reg, too? Was Reg down there? Oh, oh yeah. Your dad, he, Reg? Red, Red was, Reg was a, a rum master. Oh, dude. And I remember we were like the kids, and we're like, look, it, our two dads are wasted. My brother's wasted. And we're just like, come on, man. And we were listening to Thunderstruck in the van. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's right. That was our CD, Thunderstruck, and uh, yeah. Your dad always wanted to listen to what was that band? Super Tramp. Super Tramp. He <laughs> loves some Super Tramp. Um, Through the night, that's what kept him going. On <laughs> it did. It did. Do you remember when I broke my pelvis? Cracked my pelvis. And that was Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that. Uh, and we just thought, well, and I don't know, at that, at that point, we used to go on our own. Our folks were, yeah, they we were, were done with us. Yeah, they were done. We, so, were, we, were, we were growing up. We were all growing up. I think we were, what, 18 maybe. Yeah. It's amazing that your parents would let you do that. But Did you um, see Did you see my crash, or were you uh, You were probably racing against me? No, right? no, I saw it. You, you flew into, uh, like, the wall. There was a, wasn't there some type of double? And then you, it was a uh, double out of a turn, but I thought I seat, tried to seat bounce from the inside and went over the bars. Yeah, you were over the bars, but your body and your bike went flying because it was a it was an agricultural arena. So <laughs> I think you went. By the time you stopped, you were yeah. pressed up against some horse corral or cow corral or something. I'm not a farmer to know what yeah. that exactly was, but it definitely was not a, a, a good thing for your pelvis. And, and, and I remember telling you guys, "Hey, I'm I'm." I remember sitting there in the lawn chair, and they said, "Hey, we're going to hold the start for you." And I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm good. Like, go ahead. I think I'm done here." And I remember telling you guys. Guys, I think I got a problem here. Like something's going on. Like it was getting you know stiffer and stiffer as it was getting. Yeah, but us. we had to race, so we didn't really give a shit. This was that Friday was night, line. right? We didn't give a crap, right? And and so you just sound like a whiner. At some point, you told me you know take some Tylenol, quit quit complaining. Like Advil, yeah, Advil. And at some point, it's the the pelvis. People, if you know the pelvis, there's a, there's a hole in the center, and there's a little bridge on the bottom. Well, I cracked that bridge on the bottom, and I. I couldn't walk. 
I couldn't. I could move my legs, but they couldn't really. I couldn't really stretch you them. No weight. You couldn't put any weight no. on yourself. So it was so funny. Yeah. You went and and still still wouldn't take me anywhere to the hospital. Still. Well, because because of the insurance, we're yeah. always worried about yeah. not being covered. Because yeah. the the fear is that in in America you would just be left to die. We fear the medical. We fear <laughs> Obamacare. Yeah. Right. And so you you got an office chair, and that was my wheelchair. You pushed me around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because we still had to race. You guys all had to race the next night. We all had to race, so we didn't really give a crap that you were in pain, and we were going for glory. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the only problem was it was an agricultural arena, so there was these big, huge gaps between the concrete, and we would roll you, uh-huh. and we'd get huge speed going until you hit one of those gaps, and the little office wheels <laughs> would just dig in, and you'd go shooting off. <laughs> Oh, and we'd all so, laugh at you. I know. It was hilarious because you couldn't get up. <laughs> I remember you guys put, would heave you up. You guys put me you in the... You were smaller. You were smaller then, yeah, so it was yeah. not such a big deal. Right, right. <laughs> you, guys would lay, you, you guys put me in the stands to watch practice, and then no one came to get me. <laughs> we left you because the stands were heated. Yes. And we were, we were, I think we were in having lunch. When finally somebody realized that you weren't with us, and the whole place was <laughs> you bastards. And there was no cell phones back. No, then. oh no. So no. you were you were just sitting in an arena, yeah, alone in the cold, and then with a broken pelvis. And then you told me, "Go have <laughs> a bath. Go have a bath. It, your muscles are jacked up. Go have a bath. Right. It'll it'll." So we lifted you in the, in a chair. We got an office chair from the hotel, and we <clears> lifted you into the room. And uh, this guy, uh, Royce, our buddy Royce was there, and uh, his girlfriend. And so we put you in a bathtub with hot water because we said, you know, that'll yeah. make you oh, feel better. That'll fix me right up. Right. So we left you. I think you, you stripped down or whatever on your own because we're all homophobic, so none mm-hmm. of us would go in there. Right. And uh, you got in the tub somehow, and you laid in there forever while we all ate pizza. And uh, <laughs> till the point where, I guess, the water got cold. Yeah. And, and you seized up really bad. Yeah, it, it and, made it worse. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we we actually sent Royce's girlfriend in. Right, and I put I put a face cloth over my uh, over my over bits junk over my junk, and because you guys are like, I'm not helping you out, and I'm like, guys, none of us would help you. I can't get out of the bathtub, and uh, and you and you slept on the hotel floor. That was your thing. Growing up, every hotel we stayed at, you slept on the floor. I do not you remember, remember that? that. I do not remember. And that. You always slept. You always slept with that. Sheet off the top. <laughs> I You'd did. never want to sleep like like with because there was always so many guys. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm good on the floor. Yeah, maybe that was it. I don't the wanna... first guy to take the floor, and so when you broke the pelvis, we're like, good, take the floor. <laughs> good. Uh, and um, in the morning, you were done. You were totally frozen. So I I I couldn't move. I could shuffle. That's about it. You know, shuffle slowly, like move my feet, like my legs together, keep them together. So we drive. I watched racing. I'm eating Advil or whatever. Uh, we drive back home after the race. Yeah, I drove your van. You, you drove. Were... You drove my box van. We were in my box. My box van. Yeah, we got box van. We got home two, three in the morning, and I said to you, I said I think I can drive home because I could use two feet, mm-hmm. one gas, one brake. Mm-hmm. And I shuffled over into the chair, and I said, Kurt, you gotta call my mom and dad to help me out of this box van and get me to the hospital. And you said, yeah, 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 I'll call them. And I said, you know, they're probably not going to answer. They're sleeping, but call, keep ringing the phone. And uh, you forgot. You just went to bed. Yeah, it was, it was like midnight or whatever. I got in the house. My dad was still up because he just waited around all mm-hmm. week. And um, we started talking about the races and, and forgot all about you. So, <laughs> so I, you know, by 1230, I was in bed sleeping <laughs> and no concern of Steve Mathis at all. And so I got outside my house. I, I parked on the street, and the snow on the ground, and I honked my horn a couple times, like little beep beeps, because I'm expecting them to be waiting for me, because my buddy Kurt for sure would have called them and told them how jacked up I was, and nothing, and yeah. nothing. And eventually I'm like, he did, and of course, no cell phones. And I'm like, he didn't call him. He did not call him. And I basically, it was a pretty tall van. I had to, I opened the door and I just fell out. I just fell to the ground. Boom. Yeah, because you could not walk. Oh, I could not walk. No. I crawled up the driveway in the snow, reached up, rang the doorbell a bunch of times, and then mom came and opened the door and I said, I'm down here. 
<laughs> but the beauty of it was, in the end, the good, the good news story of all this was you had taken out this huge loan for everything. And every time you hurt yourself, you didn't have to pay your loan payments on your bikes. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I took a 16. My dad took me. I, I remember my dad picked me up, Steve Cycle, my little shop that I owned, and said, I'm taking you to the bank. And I'm like, what for? And he's like, you're getting three new Hondas and 125, 250, 500. And, and a box fan. And a box fan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he, um, he said, I, you're, I'm going to co-sign for you, and it's $16,000. I remember that. And I'm like, I, that seems like a lot of money, Dad. Oof. And, it was crazy money. And, yeah, yeah like you said, I had, I had insurance coverage where I needed a doctor's ago, note. Yeah. I needed a doctor's note. And with all my injuries, pelvis, knee, rotator cuff, uh, collarbones, foot, whatever, I, yeah, I got a lot of payments paid for. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it was always free payments. <laughs> You're suffering yeah. It was a bad gig for <laughs> you and the insurance company. Uh, but uh, And you being an insurance, you now understand. No, I know. This was not. You were a bad risk, buddy. Um, you were bad. I was. And then the pelvis thing. So the only thing they ever did was just, hey, bed rest. That's all they ever did. No operation needed or anything. They just said, yeah, it's going to heal on its own, but you got to really stay in bed. You know, and I. how does that feel today? I, I wish they would do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no payments. Right. Payment free. You right. Could be payment free. I could. Um, uh, uh, I still, I'm still bitter at you for not calling Debbie, though. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, I apologized. I think. <laughs> um, God, and then, do you remember anything else from those arena crosses over the years? Just inhaling smoke and uh, tacos. We always had ham. We always had Lawrence ham. I mean, I know Lawrence our buddy. Yeah. But he, you know, Lawrence is what maybe five or six years older than us, yeah. and. You know, he had superstar status at these arena crosses. Yeah. I think he was the first guy to venture down there. And and Lawrence was inside line. He had, you know, great inside form. And because of that... And he was a bigger gentleman. He was very hard uh, to move. He had inside traction. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and with that came, you know, arena cross... Glory. Glory. And, and they would play this music from, uh, what was it, like the start of a, a horse race or something. And, I don't remember uh, that. I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> they always play that. And then the guy would be like, superstar, Lawrence Ham. He was always a superstar. And, and everybody loved Lawrence. And he would race against kids. and he would race against Bill Stork. Yeah. And he had a box man with LHR on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Now and he he was he was factory what was he? Factory Kate Cowie back then? I can't Lawrence? remember. Lawrence? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. He got free bikes. He told us that. You had to believe him. <laughs> I don't. Come on. I don't remember. That's why he was a superstar. I'll, I don't remember riding Cowie. I remember Honda and Yamaha. That's it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It was um, Honda. That's it. Was always Honda. Now, yeah. at some point in our careers, our our lives f- flip flopped because um, y- my dad and I always had the factory ride. You had to work and earn yourself, and always had one bike. I had three bikes and was, you know, box van and like chasing after glory. And then at some point, my dad and mom got divorced, and no one cared about me or my racing anymore. And now I was on the budget racing program. Mm-hmm. And, and Wyatt, ever since I knew you, you said, I'm going to run my dad's insurance agency, my parents' insurance agency, when I grow up. And so basically, I think for one year after graduation, your mom and dad just said, you have one year to screw off. Is, is that kind of what they said? Is that what happened? Well, you know, what happened is, uh, yeah, like at that point you were running Steve's cycle, which was like a big, uh, you know, because we were coming out of high school. You had the shop, and like you said, you had those loans, and you were hurt. And I was, I had this chance. I, I think we were working. I, I started working at Birchwood and saved up a bunch of dough. Oh, we were working at Birchwood together at a dealership together. I forgot yeah, about you're, that. So you were, you were, this was interesting because you were running Steve's cycle. <laughs> And then working at a motorcycle shop. <laughs> That's right, I was. On the side. It was, it was quite an interesting paradox. Do you remember when I accidentally ordered 10 or 15 CR125 cylinder heads instead of cylinder head gaskets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a tendency. This is what was funny about it is you, you owned your own bike shop, but then you would order random parts from Honda, and Barry would just go crazy. Yeah. But his crazy wasn't that bad. No, so we just no, laugh Barry Blase. Um, oh, yeah, he was great. But, and then we, uh, but so at some yeah, point, so we like, worked yeah. all that summer and that fall just to get ready to go to Florida with Lawrence. 
and and ride the ride the the winter series. But and, did uh, you did you like pl- like did you sit down with your mom and dad and say, hey, I want to like. You knew you weren't good enough to like make a career out of racing. You I mean you were a pretty good rider, don't get me wrong, but Oh no, weren't... dude, I was good enough. At that point I was good enough because uh you know, we were we were 18. So <laughs> oh, God. I don't think there was any realization that I wasn't good enough. So So okay, but, so know, but, I mean we know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But well, then I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe deep down you knew you weren't going to make a career out of it, but definitely the idea of of going and and riding all winter was was huge. Like these guys Shane Drew, uh, Don Formo, right. Lawrence Ham, these guys, they had made a, so a decade out of doing this. your mom and dad had said, hey, before you have to like get serious about what you want to do in your life, go chase this dream? Go waste your money on, on a trip, yeah. So, so you was, saved up and went to Florida, Croom, which is a famous yeah. riding area. How was that? In the sand. Yeah, and how was that? Sandmasters, yeah, yeah. You did Daytona and Gainesville, right? Mm-hmm. Orlando or Tampa, one of those two super Tampa was the Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, it was great. We were there. That's when uh, Guy Cooper was, was ripping. So, yeah, and uh, those were the days. Uh, John Michelle Bale and uh, all those guys. Yeah, did you? The, the battle was on. Did you stay with Lawrence in the box van? For- we lived in, it was, it was, that was a fright, frightening time. <laughs> In my childhood, I please tell us more. I think I've gone for counseling because. Of that. Please tell us more. You were in a box van with a, with another gentleman. For yeah, a month? he was. Like, you know, he was like an older guy who had it all figured out, but he kind of had these strange sort of traits about him. And uh, you know, in the end, we uh, it, it worked, but it was it was kind of creepy. Like I look today, if my son asked me to go, <laughs> I have an eighteen year old, nineteen year old son. If he said I was going to go hang out with like his twenty. 25 year old guy who wore like these little you know high school gym shorts to bed every night he called his molesters <laughs> i would i'd be pretty worried i don't know what reg was thinking to let me go go on that trip so but you know you know look at today the guy's super successful and uh he's an awesome guy and uh you know we had a lot of laughs but uh it was it was good it was a so good trip and got to know shane drew so what would you guys JSR was down there, the John Sebastian Wall. Uh, you know, some Canadian guys were down there. What do you remember from your your Supercrosses and your your national and all that? Yeah, hanging out with the guys from Quebec, definitely big big highlight. Uh, uh, there was uh, there was a few guys from uh, Ontario as well that that we hung around with. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the guy. He had a big, huge uh, like Rottweiler with him all the time. He ended up being pretty fast too. You probably Bill Wallen. Remember. Bill Wallen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then those guys took off and did the. Uh, they even went to California to do the. Um, uh, what was it that was, went on back? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was a 500 national or something world. Oh, national. the USGP at Glen Helen. Yeah, um, that was it. USGP. You My rain's fading here. And uh, but I I got stuck because Lawrence broke his collarbone, and so at 19 I'm I'm in the U.S. and Lawrence breaks his collarbone, flies home. And I drove his mini his his box van back to Canada on my own. So, you know, it's just stupid stuff. How long but were again, you in Florida for with him? We were there for I think like two and a half months, from January Jeez. till March. So it was perfect, you know, perfect time as a Canadian to um, not be in the snow. And uh, you didn't qualify for Gainesville, or, or no. none of the mains, right? No, you didn't make. Any I did. Mains. I qualified for the show at Tampa. Yeah. And uh, Daytona, I was just, I think, just short. It, it the skies broke open there, and it was, it turned into a oh, bloodbath. Typical Florida rainstorm and, that day. So and uh, so that year, that was '92. Mm-hmm. You decided to team up with Shane after you spent two and a half months living in a van with a guy who had little red molester shorts that he called it. You and we ate peanut butter and jelly three times a day. Oh, did he? Did he really? Money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you decided to uh, uh, team up with Shane Drew to do the Canadian Nationals. We did the Canadian Nationals. Yeah, that was that was cool. And uh, Shane had it all figured out. You know, uh, he had like tons of credit cards. I had some cash, and uh, it was a it was a match made in heaven. You know, I would I would pay him cash for all the gas we'd buy. I think that's how you know he ended up with some cash. And uh, we had Karcher pressure washers. As a sponsor, we stopped at the Karcher factory and 
whoever they imported them into Toronto, and this yeah. guy loaded us up with pressure washers, so we would just go around at all the races, you know, riding, and then in between weekends, we would sell racers pressure washers for whatever <laughs> amount of money Shane could get for them. That was our gig. So, so you were you were sl- professional racer slash pressure washer. Uh, pressure washer salesman with the cleanest bikes in Canada. Uh, so. And uh, did you do all the Canadian Nationals? You got hurt, didn't you? No, no, no. We did them, did them all? all. Oh, okay. Did them all, yeah. I, I think I, no, you're right. I, I did get hurt. We didn't go back. We went out east to Moncton, came back, went to Victoria, came back to Winnipeg, and I got hurt on a, at a night race or something in Winnipeg, and those guys had to go back and do, it was two more rounds. Good memory. Yeah, you, you remember that before I did. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I just remember you. short, I think. Yeah, I just remember you getting hurt or something. Couldn't, couldn't go Ooh, to I all the races. Out, yeah. But, um, what was your best finish? Do you remember? Oh, I think that that year, I mean, top 20, maybe, you know, top 25, that was about it. I got some points, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, I think back then, what, would we get points if we were inside the top 20? Yeah. My memory's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I definitely scored a few points. And then the next year, we went to Edmonton, and I think I got a ninth there. It was a mud race, so that was by far my all-time best Canadian national finish. Yeah. So I, um, think that, I still have the trophy up in my garage, actually, so... Good times though, living in Florida uh, and then doing the Canadian Nationals. And see, and I had had the quote unquote factory ride before you, but then by that time, I was struggling to make a living. I had older bikes. I was getting hurt all the time. Like we kind of flip flopped. Where now you were the factory guy for like two years, just living life. Yeah, and and and, and you were at that point. I mean, you were uh, you were looking at the shop. You were you were fixing guys' bikes and doing suspension stuff. Like you were doing some crazy stuff then. So. I guess that somehow kind of led into the idea that you would, you, I remember I got back home, went to school, and you got this idea that you were going to go to... Uh, well, because our buddy Shane Drew was doing it. And I'm like... one. Yeah. I'm like, Shane Drew's a mechanic now. He quit and started being a mechanic. And I'm like, I want to do that. Because like, he knew Joe Skid, right? So Joe hooked him up somehow. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be a mechanic like Shane Drew. I mean, because I'm yeah. not good enough to make it, you know, as a professional. So, you know, why not? Why not try to do that? Um, and and it, how was your connection to uh, Gary Groth? That was that was crazy because he he was a different cat and he was no. running and and was Jimmy Button on your team or something? Yeah, yeah, Button. The first I went down to meet Jason Fernet, the Canadian kid. He was riding the Nationals as a privateer, mm-hmm. so I went down and he couldn't afford to pay me to work for him, but I. I worked for him anyways, and I made some connections with some different guys, and it turns out that Gary, I saw Gary at the race. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I own a dealership in Minnesota, and we sponsor this PJ1 team. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And meanwhile, this is the guy who promoted the races where I broke my pelvis and we raced all those times. And I said, well, I'm looking for a job. And he was like, well, we need a guy. And I'm like, hire me. And he's like, well... I don't know. You can't work in the U.S. (laughs) I don't think that ever came up. Um, (laughs) And I said, well, look, I'll work for free for like two two weeks. And if I don't work out, you send me home or whatever. And he's like, okay. And there was a break in the series. And I jumped in with Fernet and we went up to Quebec to stay with JSR and race up there. And then the next round, or two weeks later, Gary's like, okay, you can start at this next race. And I started there. And, you know, obviously I worked out enough that, he kept me on for the grand sum of three hundred dollars a week, yeah, and paying my own expenses, and then uh, like I never really came home after that because I, I remember no, telling my mom. Going. I, I mean, me- even even after you put Loctite in the guy's crank bearings, and, and yeah, motor blue. yeah, was, no, 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 the motor, no, the motor never, never, motor never blew. I, I put it together and it wouldn't run in the parking lot, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? Who knew that green Loctite? Uh, could you lock up bearings, not roll. Right, yeah. like you would never think that it would stop it. No, but, oh, it's, it's just a simple little liquid. It's a good sales pitch. Good sales pitch for green Loctite. Um, well, I had put it on the outside of the bearing, and it had, I'd put so much on, and it was such a tight fit that it just all pushed over into the inside of the bearing. <laughs> it just turned into a big mess, and you're cruising around in your lowered S10 that could barely run. Working for it was a great looking team, though. I mean, you guys looked pretty sharp back then. And it looked professional, that's for sure. Yes, it, I mean, but if you, if you don't... That it was sort of before 
the whole satellite team thing started mm-hmm. growing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a big move. And uh, I remember telling from, my mom, I remember telling my mom, Hey, I'm going to do this for the summer. I'll be back home to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, when yeah. I grow up, I was working at that welding shop. I got laid off from there. Carlson steel. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. You're a drill boy. Yeah. I, no, I, I was drill boy. I wanted to be saw boy because saw boy was, <laughs> was the better job. He had the gig. And yeah. I remember I got laid off, and, you know, obviously I'm still trying to race, but it's just a mess, and parents are getting divorced. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't go to university slash college. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with my life? And then I'm like, well, I'm going to go try this. And then, um, like I said, I told my mom, like, hey, I'll be back, and, you know, I'll figure out what I'm going to do here with my life. And then, like, I never really came back. <laughs> no, you got on with, uh, after that. Birdwell. You went and- Birdwell. Birdwell, yeah. yeah. And Nolene, uh, man, that was that was that was cool. What? No, no, no Shane was with Nolene. Yeah. You were with Birdwell with uh those were some Cowies, weren't they? Yeah, Cowies, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that, and then I just started, you know, one job led to another, led to another. Actually I worked for a little bit for Martins out in Victoria when mm-hmm. in the off season, but like I never sold, really went back to Winnipeg. You know? Yeah. Sold the oak. I sold the oak. Sold oak. Sold oak. You had some oak. You got oak. I still have my Chevelle. It's downstairs. Yeah, you do. One of your first sales. Yeah, yeah. I had to support your your, your ambitions to be an oak sale. And you were also you were also Steve Suster, Steve Cycle, good customer. Yeah, you were, yeah. Factory sponsored. Um, I remember my. I, think I still have a business card with Steve Cycle somewhere. I got to scan it and send it to you. Do you oh, have any of those? No, I don't. Yeah, but if you they were pink, they were, were pink. Trend setting, man. I remember my dad saying, we're going to open a shop. And I'm like, okay, this is much like the we're going to get a loan. You know what I mean? <laughs> much like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to open a shop. And I'm like, okay, because I'm tired of you know paying retail for all this shit for that you need to race. And I said, okay. And then he said, uh, I'm like, what are we? 80 Manitobans are going to deal with you. <laughs> well, I'm how like, big the racing scene was back then. What yeah. are we going to call it? And he's like, Steve Cycle. I'm like, what? That's a dumb name. <laughs> And everybody, everyone in my family thought it was great, except for me. Steve Cycle? <laughs> like, named after you. Right? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. You think you'd have a little more say in your own shop name. No, none. Then again, you have insurance offices named Wyatt New Trend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We dropped the new trend because it's not so trendy anymore. <laughs> but somehow it works, you know. I mean, I think Steve Cycle could, could make a rebirth. You should uh, you should bring it back onto your website. I'm, you know, I'm looking at right. all these sponsors. Uh-huh. Like a retro Steve Cycle Steve look, Cycle look. on here. If you bring me that, if you if you find that business card, I'll put it up on the on Twitter. Um, yeah, you should do that. That'd be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig it up. It's I don't throw anything away. So oh, so you have it around there. Um, it is. Do you? Uh, yeah, and then and that was kind of it. That's I think we're. That's kind of how it went. Our, our growing up, our our lives growing. That's the days of our lives racing motorcycles. The days of our lives, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and everybody. I mean, the, the funny thing is the, the, the impact that Canadians made on the racing scene at the time was was pretty cool. I mean, there was definitely some guys that were quick, and you know, you were coming on the heels of of guys like Valancourt and Ross being in the states, and 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 just to be able to capitalize. I mean, you know, maybe not as a rider, but but to get into the industry and and be, you know, capable of of you know being involved, and, and then now today making a living off of it. I mean, uh, yourself and Shane still. Hey, at uh, at one point, five, I don't remember what year, but at one point, five out of the top ten riders in the Supercross points had Canadian mechanics. That's and, right. And I brought yeah. this up to Shane and nobody cared. But um, myself and Shane and Paul Delorier, Alan yeah. Brown, Dan Worley, rookie. You know what it was? And, and Ellen was in Florida with us when we were down there. That's right. Yeah. That's when you first met him. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah, Alan yeah, Brown. Yeah. So now, yeah, so fast forward. So that's 1992. Smash yeah. cut, you know, 10 years later, you're in California with me, hanging out, and you meet Alan Brown again. Like, yeah. it's just so funny how it works, right? You're like, hey, I was in, I was in, a, uh, I was in a, yeah. I, I was in, in a sandy field with you in Florida in 1992, and here, you, here we, we are again. We were in a retiree's trailer park together. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Is that what it was? Stayed. We all parked our cube bands in some over 55 trailer park. That, <laughs> I guess the guy had empty sites and... The old people put up with us somehow. We rode our bikes like right through the middle of the park. Where would you awesome. shower? 
They had showers. Yeah, they did, it was huh? a good setup. Yeah, it was it was solid. I, I I'd like to go back, and there was even a Waffle House. And yeah, and no, it's still there. It's still all there. It's still there. Um, I went there Guys, maybe I three, four years there. ago. It's all it's all brand new though. But that Holiday Inn that was there, I believe, got torn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, I think got torn down. Um, we'd go swim there. Yeah, it was nice. See, when I went there with Piscor and Tommy in '89. We stayed at that Holiday Inn because we were we were bro, you know, we were rollers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're a pro, yeah, yeah. Um, Cowie money, Cowie money, yeah. Do you remember me and, getting? And do you guys still ride crew? Is that uh, not to sell? No, not really. Um, I remember a few years back, a guy would guys would go there to practice for Southwick a little bit, but I think it's basically closed down now. No one wants to ride sand like that. No, no. Was that you who? Um, uh, looped it out. Looped the CR80 out on the Honda Come Ride with Us days. Yeah, and you really I'm hurt. Sure. Didn't you really hurt a lot of bikes? Yeah. Didn't yeah. you really hurt yourself or something? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's why I'm so sore now in the mornings. I think you know, <laughs> like it. Uh, it's catching up to me. Forty-one. You really? Uh, yeah, you crashed a lot. You. I mean, I did too. But I. I mean, I hurt myself probably more than you did. But you really fell a lot. You know, fell a lot. Yeah, but today it's uh, you know you start to feel it a little bit, but the memories definitely outweigh the 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 discomfort. You know, like there's so many good guys, like you know, owning a business and having uh, a ton of uh, people like we're you know kidding around about uh, guys you've had online before, like yeah. Mark Robitaille, and uh, you know guys you've talked about uh, the upside down thermometer and uh, and Lawrence. All these guys, I mean, they come to the office. Uh, John Kennedy. You know, not the president, uh, mm-hmm. all these guys. I mean, it's just cool, the Patterson and all these guys for, who were, you know, one time trying to do really yeah. well on a bike and still maybe riding uh, recreationally, but it, it's good. You know, life's good. Biking is great. And, uh, but <laughs> you know, it's cool that, you know, for all of us to have a connection like yourself back in the state still and involved at the level you are, I mean, that's where, you know, most of us have a huge uh, appreciation for what you're doing and, and this show, so it was pretty cool to to get the call, to 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 share some stories, and and uh, I don't know why anyone would want to listen to this, but if they do, you know, thank you to making making it to the end of the recording. You're, <laughs> Believe you're, you're, me, you're, they, you're, you're better than me. <laughs> they uh, they will, they will listen. People will really? listen. That's oh yeah, no, you'd be surprised. You brainwash these people, Mathis. <laughs> you you'd be surprised at shit I put out that people listen to. <laughs> um. And also, too, uh, looking back on it, uh, you know, now, like you said, your kid, Connor, is what, 19? 19, man, yeah. So My now, daughter turned 18 on Monday. Uh, how many Dude, things... old. Well, how many things, like, <laughs> would you... That you did as a kid that you would never let your two kids do, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Drive I mean, a box. And you know what? We were fortunate. I mean, it was, things were way easier. There was, you know, less things to worry about. I think, you know, the world uh. was probably on the verge of becoming complicated and we were fortunate to still be in that sort of 70s 80s generation of yeah. you know just no one was uh, look at the guy the wrong way you were probably pretty safe and today you know it's, it's disappointing but no one um no one's monitoring our twitter to do no now. no right. and or you know like uh, CSIS uh, recording this phone call for, yeah. for Canadian security reasons <laughs> yeah yeah so, exactly so well next time you hit the border like you did that one time leaving BC and uh, they asked you to pull your pants down, and you had no underwear on. Yeah, you know, things like that. Well, it yeah, happen again to you now, Mathis. Oh, uh, I used to wear corduroy shorts with no underwear. It was such a good feeling, and, and then <laughs> the border guard didn't. No, feel... you had no underwear because you didn't want to wash it. Yeah, I know. I was. I lived out of a gear bag for so long. Um, all right, Wyatt, Kurt Wyatt, my buddy from Winnipeg, uh, one of my one of my best friends around. Uh, thanks for this trip down memory lane on the uh, Pulpamex Pulpcast. I uh, I enjoyed it, and. Um, yeah, it's good times. There's probably a few stories we we could we could tell that would be really oh, yeah, funny, but be we round two. It'll be bigger and better than ever. Well, I'm thinking of some of the ones if, that we probably Star can't. Wars can have a number seven. We can have a, a pulp number two. So right, I can think of a few more things off the top of my head that we probably couldn't share either. Um, that would... no, no, not until my kids are married. <laughs> right, so right. And we can have that one. That that may be like another five or six years. I'm sure you'll yeah. you'll still be ultra successful at this. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I will be ultra successful. Well, dude, man, it's it's, it's cruising along. I can't believe this pulp show of yours. Uh, it's ridiculous. Who knew? When you phoned me and said, Wyatt, how do I hook up, you know, four phone lines? And I said, go to Radio Shack. 
Do you remember that phone call? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, you called me up, and you're like, I need to hook up phone lines and then record it somehow. Did, did, was I asking because you had insurance agency and you had a lot of phone lines, I guess? <laughs> no, for some reason you considered me an IT expert back then. <laughs> I didn't you know that. that. No. And I said, go to Radio Shack. They have a thing that you plug lines into. Yeah. And then, and then you were trying to connect the lines to your laptop. And that's how it all started. Oh, I don't remember that. I know, I'm, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's true. Um, what's funny is there's kids now in Manitoba, you know, that never knew me when I raced or anything like that. I mean, they're they're way young. They listen to the show and they listen to my stuff. And once in a while, they'll be like, "Yeah, my dad heard about you back." Then. I'm just like, "Oh, screw. f my f my life." My dad, my dad told me about you. I'm just my like, dad told me you were fast. Oh my god. Um, Good times, though, Kurt White. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. See you. Okay.